Welcome to the Outlaw Radio Show. My name is Zach Adams, and I pastor a church located just outside of Athens, Georgia. The name of the church is Calvary 316. If you're local, let me invite you to come and be my guest one Sunday soon. Our service begins promptly at 10.30 a.m. If you aren't local but maybe looking for a good church that you can live stream at home, uh, check us out. Uh, We uh, live stream our services, again, 10.30 Sunday mornings. Uh, The easiest way to watch us is on YouTube. Uh, YouTube, our channel, subscribe. It's easy to find. Just go to calvary316.live or just check out the church website, which is calvary316.tv. We also stream to Facebook as well. I do hope that wherever you're listening or however you're listening, uh, whether you're listening on the radio waves via one of our wonderful radio partners or you're listening through our podcast, uh, every episode of the Outlaw Radio Show is podcasted in its entirety uh, on really whatever platform you consume podcasting, whether it be Apple, Google, Spotify. Uh, maybe, and this is worth always repeating, you're watching uh, the episode. Uh, we do a live stream recording of the show. So if you're listening on the podcast or you're listening on the radio, eight o'clock on Wednesday nights, we live stream the recording uh, of the show. What you're listening to is is not live. It's pre-recorded, edited, packaged, produced, and then released. Uh, but you can look in and watch the recording of the show. Uh, what's fun about that is between each block, um, Uh, We have an audience member that's on camera. Uh, Creighton is here as well. And between each block, we we talk, we take questions from anyone that's watching. Uh, There's some banter. So there's a lot of fun stuff that happens uh, before we begin the recording, uh, during, between various blocks, the halfway point, and then obviously at the end. Uh, I I do want uh, to welcome to the show uh, kind of my partner in crime, my sidekick, Creighton Vaughn. Creighton, how are you, my friend? I am doing well. How's everyone else doing out there? They can't answer you. They're listening on the radio, but that that's I know. okay. We go I'm over gonna, I'm this. We do this every over time. Every it's s- not about actually having a conversation with them. It's just a thing that I say because I grew up saying, "How you doing? How you how you doing?" So it's really not. It's not a question you unanswered. Uh, it's it's just more of just a a greeting for you. Yes, it's just a greeting. It's just it just it's how I say hello. It's how you doing? Merry Christmas, my friend. Oh yeah, Merry Christmas. You this know, soon. We're what, two weeks away for us? It's two weeks from the recording, but if you're listening again on the radio, uh, it is Christmas. So this is being released Christmas weekend. Oh, uh, hot dang. Which is Merry very Christmas, y'all. So Merry, Merry Christmas. Uh, really, I guess after Thanksgiving, it's it's okay uh, to say Merry Christmas. Um, you know, I, I feel weird saying Merry Christmas to someone before Thanksgiving. Um, you feel that way? I, I feel like that's premature. Like you got to wait till Yeah, at Thanksgiving. that point, I say Happy Thanksgiving. You you actually say Happy Thanksgiving? Yeah. No. Do you, do you not? I, I maybe on Thanksgiving, but not like the lead up, the week leading up to it. I, I'm not like, hey, it's Thanksgiving season. Thanksgiving's kind of more of a day, not really a season. Where you have the Christmas season. Uh, the other day, I was I took my dog to the vet, and it was one of those dynamics where you have to actually pull into the park. Like you can't go in because of COVID, so you have to pull up into the parking lot, call, say you're there. They send out one of the texts to get your dog. Uh, you know, they, they take her, you take your dog in, do the examination, whatever they got to do. They bring the dog back out. And so you can't go in. It's contactless, uh, which I think is completely ridiculous, but that is just the world that we live in. And the tech, when, uh, she brought Kaya, my dog, uh, back, uh, I, I turned to her and this was, uh, last week I said, I said, Merry Christmas. And she looked at me and I was like, you're the first person I said, I've said Merry Christmas to this year. She goes, you're the first person that has said Merry Christmas. And it feels great. It is Christmas season. So anyway, it is, this is, you're listening to the Christmas episode of the Outlaw Radio Show. You like that title? I thought it was really original, Creighton. I would have gone with Christmas special, but that's because I'm into BBC shows. Oh, the, oh, I I do like that. The Christmas special of the Outlaw Radio Show. So it's Christmas. I I do feel like uh, it's, it's important enough to, to talk about it. You know, Christmas it's one of those unique holidays in the sense that, um, and 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 it, if I burst your bubble, I'm sorry. Jesus wasn't actually born on December 25th. Um, years and years and years ago, as the church was merging with the state and they were dealing with pagan holidays, uh, one of the popes, I think Pope Pius, 
decided to, uh, hey, let's make December 25th, instead of being a celebration of the winter solace, uh, let's, uh, let's just say that Jesus was born on this day and commandeer this pagan holiday. Uh, but today is the Christmas episode. It's an important time of the year. It is the time that we, we do set aside uh, to recognize Jesus, this great gift that God gave for God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son. And this is the time of the year that we, we think through the implications of that. We set time aside to recognize it. I hope you take time aside uh, to talk to your kids, to speak to your kids about the importance of this, of this holiday. Uh, I don't care really if you do Santa Claus. Uh, I'm not one of those uh, real stuck in the mud, dogmatic, like you do Santa Claus, who cares, whatever. We don't at my house, but just make sure uh, that you don't allow kind of just the commercialness of this particular season within our American society to rob you of at least the opportunity to think, to reflect, to talk about uh, the importance of Jesus' birth. Uh, Creighton, are you um, one of those type of people that when you do get to the Christmas season, um, that you kind of get nostalgic about watching Christmas movies? No. Uh, I'm not a big fan of, of the Christmas season as in general. Okay, why is that? That's kind of interesting. I just... It is um, like I have I have uh, there's a word for it that I can't remember. I have bah humbug about the commercialization of what is supposed to be like Jesus's birth, and I also just kind of hate Christmas mu- movies. Like, so you're kind of a Scrooge when it comes to Christmas music. Oh, absolutely, and I you hate don't like Christmas music with everything, and you me. don't like Christmas music. No. You see, like in, in, in our house, the Friday after Thanksgiving, a.k.a. the day after Thanksgiving, we always go by our tree. My wife puts away all the fall decor. Uh, we decorate uh, on Friday. Tree goes up, lights. Um, I don't, I'm not one of those people uh, like Griswold where I'm, I'm hanging lights outside. Um, I don't have enough money to just arbitrarily entertain other people. Um, that want to just drive down the street and look at my house. Um, we put all of our energy and effort into where we live inside, uh, decorating inside. I, I've never really understood the, the outside Christmas decoration phenomenon. Uh, but we, but man, we, our house is filled with Christmas music. Uh, my wife has bought in, uh, kits to make gingerbread houses with the kids. Um, we have, uh, our nativity that we put on the mantle, um, and we watch Christmas music, movies. We love Christmas mu- movies. Uh, our, our favorite is would have to be Elf. Um, our kids find it to be hilarious. Uh, they so desperately, we won't let them, but they so desperately want uh, to put maple syrup uh, on their spaghetti. Um, we won't let them do that because that sounds gross. Maybe we should. Have you? No, I have not, and I do not think that's a good idea. You don't think that's a good I mean, that's a lot of sugar. You know, spaghetti's a, a non-sugar dinner, and yet you're just dumping lots of sugar on it. That um, sounds like a really fun way to get diabetes. I, I uh, One of my favorite movies, Christmas movies, is obviously National Lampoon Christmas Vacation. Uh, Cousin Eddie. Um, so much fun. My wife and I watch it. I love uh, Christmas with the Cranks. It's a, it's a classic Tim Allen movie uh, based on the John Grisham a novel, Skipping Christmas. Um, the other night, though, and, and the reason I bring up Christmas movies is um, I was really intrigued. So my favorite Christmas movie of all time, it's a classic, is It's a Wonderful Life. Have you seen It's a Wonderful Life? No, uh, that's one of the black and white ones, Yeah, right? Jimmy Stewart. It's an old classic uh, Christmas movie. Maybe the, the most classic. That and White Christmas are probably the two most famous uh, Christmas movies. I don't it, think I've seen either of those movies. You should, you should, you should watch both of them. Um, what's great about um, it's a wonderful life. And, and the reason I rewatched it this year, I try to watch it every year. I don't, uh, is that they've colorized it. So the, the really cool technologies come out where they've been able to take, um, you know, things that were recorded in black and white. Thus there, were, there was no color element to it. And they've got these cool computer programs and algorithms that colorize it. Um, and so It's a Wonderful Life. I saw on Amazon Prime. 
I could watch. It was in color. So I watched it and it's a fantastic movie. Again, uh, being the Christmas season, this being the Christmas special of the outlaw radio show, the Christmas episode. Uh, I wanted to, uh, there are a lot of things we're going to talk about today, but I just, and rewatching it's a wonderful life. It, it, you know, they don't make movies like that anymore. Movies that, that have a, that are creatively written and articulate like important ideas. You know what I mean? M- most movies today, Creighton, are just purely entertainment driven. Um, very, they, they lack substance or any type of, of meaningful thought or idea. You know what I mean by that? Right. You're saying that this movie is, has more in common with a parable than movies today do. Yes, absolutely. So the, the premise of the movie is that uh, Jimmy Stewart's character uh, grew up in a little town. His father ran the, uh, the, the local business and loan uh, shop in town. And he envisioned a life of adventure, of excitement. Um, he wanted to get himself out of this little town, see the world, travel the world, have all kinds of crazy, cool experiences. Um, he envisioned a lot for his life. And as the story kind of unfolds, uh, his father, right, right as he's about to leave town, his father passes away unexpectedly. And the, the business and loans, um, family business that, that his father owned, operated, was for the most part going to get shut down, bought out by the, 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 the villain of the movie, Mr. Potter, kind of the Scrooge uh, of the movie, just a real sour type of individual. And so kind of the, the board ends up convincing him to stay back, to you know, shelve his plans for a season and, and help kind of save the family business because it, it mattered to this local community. It's where you know, you know, men and women would go and, and get a loan to buy their first house or start up businesses. Would, you know, it was a very community-developing type of thing. Uh, his father made an impact in his community. And so Jimmy Stewart... You know, sets his plans aside temporarily. Uh, he's going to run the family business. Um, instead of him going to college, they're going to take the money, and he's going to send his little brother to college with the understanding that when his little brother was done with college, that he would come back, take over the family business so that he could go and finally live his dreams, see the world, and, and be someone. Well, as the story unfolds, and again, this is all laid out within the movie itself, kind of one thing leads to another, leads to another, and he finds himself stuck in town. Um, even, even when he finally gets married, he, he kind of marries his sweetheart. Uh, they, they withdraw all their money. They're going to go on this extravagant honeymoon. They're going to finally get out and see things. Uh, the stock market crashes that day and thus he's got to stay behind and they do everything that they can. They take all the money that they had that they were going to use for their honeymoon and, and they keep the family business afloat. So his plans again, get shelved, get pushed off. So again, one thing kind of leads to another, leads to another, and, and he just finds himself now with a wife, and he has kids, and um, and he's got this family business, and his brother doesn't come back. Um, again, the plan never really unfolds uh, the way that he thought, and he kind of becomes a bit condescending as it pertains to his own life. Like, his own evaluation of his life kind of determined that it was meaningless, that it... it wasn't noteworthy that it it didn't leave an impact again he had in his mind a certain set of criteria for you know what really living looked like and staying at the hometown working in the family business the simple life wasn't what he envisioned we're going to continue that thought don't go anywhere you're listening to the outlaw radio show one of the most important visions of the outlaw radio show is our desire to challenge you to think critically ask relevant questions and then pursue answers on your own the sad reality is many christians fail to reflect christ because they don't know what they believe or why they believe what they do this is why in addition to the outlaw radio show tackling tough topics you might not hear at church It is our desire to equip, inspire, and challenge you to dig into God's Word and wrestle with these complex topics on your own. To help you in this important process, we want you to check out blueletterbible.org. It would be an understatement to say that this website will transform the way you study the Bible. In fact, it will revolutionize it. 
Aside from their treasure trove of free online commentaries, blueletterbible.org also has an incredible word search function, making it super simple to dive into the original language behind a text. So if you want to dig deeper into your study of scripture and in the process, learn and grow, we encourage you to check out blueletterbible.org today. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. This is as Creighton. Creighton, how did you how did you frame this episode? It is the Christmas special. The Christmas special. Again, always glad to have Creighton on the show. He is uh, the man behind our live stream. Again, if you are unaware, uh, we live stream the recording of what you're listening to. Um, it is streamed on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash the radio outlaw, as well as our YouTube channel, uh, which you can find easily at outlawradio.live. Uh, if you do happen uh, to find our YouTube channel, subscribe. It helps raise the profile. In, in this Christmas special, there's a lot I want to talk about, but I, I recently rewatched the movie It's a Wonderful Life. And, and, by the end of the movie, um, I was in tears. I mean, it just has such a profound point. They just don't make movies like that anymore. Uh, movies that articulate an important message. You know, we often, and this is kind of the premise of the movie, we, like, we believe that a, a meaningful life is a life you know, that, that has you know, a multitude of experiences that that a meaningful life is a life where, where you, you, you have experiences around the world, you, uh, a life that's, that's, that's educated, a life um, of influence, of accomplishment. Like we have, like, and, and our society kind of develops this, like, like the blueprint of meaning. You've got to accomplish something. You've got to do something. You've got to become famous. You've got to uh, be noteworthy. You know, the, the, the reality, and it's kind of the, the, the crazy truth, is that unless you do something, I'm talking like absolutely incredibly noteworthy or uh, super infamous, like something atrocious, uh, the, the, the likelihood of you being known after like three generations within your own family uh, is very slim. Like most human beings, like we come and we go and we're forgotten. Case in point, I just ask you to consider, like, what's the name of your great great grandparents? <laughs> you probably, you probably don't know. Again, that happened to be your, like, like your parents' grandparents. Like, again, even within our family, like we 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 lose sight of of people, a life of meaning. How we define that within the movie, uh, Jimmy Stewart's character, he gets stuck in his hometown. And as the story unfolds, uh, his uncle goes to make a deposit. It's Christmas time uh, to take all of the money of the, the banking and loan, make this deposit. He loses the money, like $8,000. Now, Mr. Potter finds it, who's kind of the villain, um, doesn't give it back. And, and there's going to now be an investigation. And because they lost the money, uh, he's going to probably go to jail. And, and so he kind of, like, he's, he's, his life is thrown into crisis. And it's, it's during this that he ends up receiving, like he's contemplating suicide. He's on this bridge thinking about throwing himself into the river and, you know, saying, you know, my life doesn't matter. And then kind of a miracle happens where he ends up encountering this angel, Clarence, and, and he's given a glimpse into what uh, life would have looked like if he had not been born, if he had not been there uh, to the point that his brother, uh, would have been dead at the age of eight, would have never lived a life because he had fallen into the ice and Jimmy Stewart had saved his little brother and, uh, and his, his wife's life looks radically different and uh, his uncle goes crazy because, you know, he wasn't like, he gets a glimpse into like what he determined to be simple, like he determined that simple was insignificant. But what he came to realize at the end of the movie is that a simple life can be very significant. And can have a lot of meaning. That, that life, uh, there's a different calculation to the impact that, like, that people make. Like this Christmas season, like you can make an impact in the lives of the people around you. A significant impact. Important impacts. Like don't allow the, wor the world to determine the criteria of your life having meaning. Again, it, it, I always come back to it. That when we die and we go to heaven, 
Like the only words that you want to hear, like the most important words that you want to hear in your life, in your existence, is well done, good and faithful servant. What you don't want to hear is, is depart from me because I don't know you. You want to hear well done, good and faithful servant, both of which come from Jesus. And what has always struck me is that it's not, it's not well done, you have done and fill in the blank. Like the criteria of heaven is not accomplishment, it's faithfulness faithful servant. You were a servant that was faithful. Faithful with what? Faithful with caring and being faithful to steward the life that that I've given you to live. And so again, don't allow the world to to try to convince you or lie to you that, that your life that might seem very simple because it's simple is somehow insignificant. Your life matters. It matters to the people around you. Your life matters to your wife and your kids, to your neighbor, to your church family. Again, this being the Christmas episode, I, I wanted to start by just kind of talking about the movie just because it was, it was relevant, it was on my mind. But, but I also I really want to spend the rest of our time uh, talking about the characters of Christmas. Uh, again, I mentioned Christmas movies um, one of the reasons I like Christmas movies is that they tend to incorporate good stories. And because of the nostalgia of the holiday season itself, they tend to be good stories that articulate uh, meaningful, wholesome ideas. There is no greater story related to Christmas than the actual a Christmas story. You know, so often we have allowed, again, the commercialism of this kind of unique American manifestation of this holiday to detract us of the real meaning by behind the things that we do. Again, Christmas is predominantly known as a time that, that we give gifts to one another. Uh, Creighton, you don't give a lot of gifts during Christmas, do you? No, I'm not. I'm not much of a gift giver. I'm not much of a obligatory gift giver. I like giving gifts. I just don't like being being required. told to do it for a season, right? Right, exactly. But I would say that like regarding the Christmas holiday, the idea of giving gifts gets relegated to kind of the the pop cultural phenomenon of Santa Claus, correct? Yes. So the reason we give gifts during Christmas uh, is based in this like mid-century legend of German old Saint Nick of yeah of Santa Claus and the fact that there was this saint this priest right that would anonymously give gifts to the poor kids during this particular season you've you've heard you've heard that whole story correct yes I have just the legend of old Saint Nick and and then how that becomes has become popularized uh, in American a culture uh, has developed into the idea of Santa Claus. Again, Santa Claus, uh, the reason that we give gifts, uh, being rooted in this, uh, this legend of a priest. But that isn't why we give gifts uh, during the Christmas season. Like, that's not the, the, the origin. It wasn't the motivation behind the original St. Nick. Uh, the, the reason we give gifts during the Christmas season, or the reason that we should, centers on the, the greatest gift ever given. And that is the idea that uh, this holiday that we commemorate the birth of Jesus, it's not really just the birth of Jesus that we're commemorating. It's the fact that, that in the incarnation, in the birth of Jesus, God was giving humanity the greatest gift of all. He was sending um, us a savior, um, that Jesus would live among us, remain sinless, and then die for us to redeem us to himself. Uh, to satisfy the righteous penalty that our sin deserved, that being death. So s Christmas, the reason we give gifts, the reason that we should give gifts, uh, should be a reciprocal uh, uh, manifestation of all that God has given us. Again, uh, I, don't, I don't bag on Santa Claus. If you want to incorporate Santa Claus uh, into your Christmas traditions, by all means, go for it. But I should add, especially if you're a Christian family, um, that you're missing a grand opportunity 
in the giving of gifts, especially with your children, to teach them that, that, that we give to others because God has given to us. In fact, we give to others um, unsolicited. We give to others without without cause. Uh, we give to others as this free-willed uh, manifestation of our love for that person, of our appreciation to that person, of, of our... Um, the fact that we want to honor and we want to bless them. Like we give gifts at Christmas to communicate to people a certain, certain feelings, certain emotions, certain appreciations, but that we do that as a reciprocation of all that Jesus has done for us, all that God has given to us. Again, you know, the Bible tells us that, that we love God because God first loved us, that so much of the Christian experience, so much of the goodness that should manifest from our lives uh, should should flow downhill. God does something for us, and as a result, in thanks to God and in appreciation of what he's done, we turn and do it to others. We love others because God loved us, even to the point that we love our enemies because, well, when we were an enemy of God, he still loved us. So we didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. We didn't merit it or warrant it. God loved us. Even, the Bible says, when we were still sinners, God's love manifested in the fact that Christ died for us. And so when we look at the Christmas season and certain things intrinsic to this, aka the, the giving of gifts, don't allow the opportunity to come and go without recognizing the motivation behind why we should be giving to others. And that is as a response to what God has given to us. So the greatest Christmas story, really what should be the motivation behind it all, uh, is this wonderful story. And so uh, with the second half of the show, uh, I want to talk about just the various characters of Christmas, from Mary to Joseph, to the, the shepherds, the wise men, King Herod. Uh, I will say, and, and I'll tease you with this, my favorite, uh, Creighton, what is your favorite character of the Christmas story with just five seconds? Uh, way to put me on the spot with that one. I'm going to go with Mary because she is beloved of all women. Okay. My favorite character, so come back and, and hear my explanation, is one of the angels. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Outlaw Radio Show. Hey, from all of us here at Outlaw Radio and his productions, we want to wish you a happy Christmas and uh, definitely a happy new year. Don't go anywhere. Zach and Creighton will be back just a few minutes with the second half of this special Christmas edition of the Outlaw Radio Show. Merry Christmas, everyone. Thanks for coming back for the second half of the Outlaw Radio Show. Here's Zach and Creighton with this special Christmas edition. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. Creighton, what is this episode called? The Christmas Special. The Christmas Special here with the Outlaw Radio Show. And in case you're unaware, uh, every episode of the Outlaw Radio Show uh, is live streamed. So when we actually uh, get into the studio and record uh, what you're listening to either on the radio or the podcast, uh, we live stream it. And um, while um, Creighton joins me um, on the live stream, we also have... Um, an audience member um, in the studio as well. Uh, his name is Nick, and he, he between various blocks, asks questions, con contributes thoughts. And so uh, when, we, when, we, when we took a break from the last block, I asked him, like I asked Creighton, you know, who his favorite character was uh, when it came to the Christmas story. And, uh, and, and he said, Joseph. And uh, Creighton, what, what, how did, exactly did he articulate his, his reasoning, his justification for it? Uh, he said that because when Mary got pregnant, Joseph was like, well, that's your will, Lord. And we all thought that was very funny. You know, it, it's true. And I think that's probably just a good place to start with. Uh, again, I'll get to my favorite character, who's, who's one of the angels. Um, but Joseph, I mean, you got to give the old boy a lot of credit. I mean, he, he's working. He, he's a carpenter. Uh, he's got a, probably a little shop there in, in Nazareth, which, again, we, we've kind of glorified, I think, Nazareth. Um, you know, in, in just the way that we perceive it, uh, in the first century, Nazareth was for the most part, a truck stop. Uh, you had, uh, the highly populated region of the Galilee, uh, 
Um, and then you had the highly populated area uh, along the Mediterranean Sea. Again, the water uh, provides food, commerce, transport, making them ideal you know, centers of population. Nazareth was in the middle of the wilderness, uh, and it was located on the important trade route that connected the Sea of Galilee with the Mediterranean Sea. And so it was kind of a halfway point where, uh, you know, sojourners would stop, spend the night before moving on. And so, again, it, it, imagine Nazareth as being a glorified truck stop. You probably got a Piggly Wiggly, uh, a couple trailers, uh, and, uh, you know, a, a gas station uh, with bathrooms. You know, I mean, that, that's for the most part. Uh, okay, there was a Dairy Queen. And maybe a crystal. Again, if you're in the South, you you know the references that I'm that I'm throwing out there. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't glorified. I mean, you were kind of a nobody if you lived in in Nazareth. And yet and yet Joseph, uh, a carpenter, uh, is making a career for himself, uh, probably through uh, an arrangement made with uh, his parents, uh, is betrothed to a young maiden. Again, still in Nazareth, someone he's probably known since she was young, since she was born. They grew up together, uh, Mary. And how wonderful, like he's going to start a family, uh, they're betrothed, so they're in this period where legally they're married, uh, but they have not consummated the marriage. Joseph is busy, in addition to, to earning a living, providing, making a home. Uh, once the home is ready, uh, there would be, the, uh, the betrothal would transition into a marriage celebration um, that, would, that would finish up Mary coming and now living with Joseph and, and likely uh, his family as well. And so this is meant to be a really um, incredible time for Joseph. Uh, he's betrothed. Uh, the future is ahead of him. Uh, he's going, you know, to consummate that relationship. I'm sure he is counting the days for that. When out of the blue, out of nowhere, um, he gets word that Mary, this young maiden, he's betrothed to, who has pledged herself to Joseph, who has... Uh, you know, made commitments to remain chaste, um, reserving herself only for him. Word reaches that, that she's now pregnant, right? I mean, you got to imagine that that was, that that was devastating. I mean, I, I, I can't kind of stress that enough. I mean, Creighton, can you imagine um, meeting a gal? Can you imagine being in Joseph's shoes? Because again, you're a single man, uh, as we've talked about in the show, keeping himself for that special lady. Can you imagine that dynamic for Joseph? I mean, I can, I can kind of imagine it. I can't imagine it and being cool and being right and, and being okay. I don't think by the way that Joseph was initially cool with it. Um, I, I just naturally, I, I don't hold that against him. I don't think that that's necessarily a fault. And in fact, we're told that when he found out that Mary was with child, that he was, he was minded to put her away secretly um, legally, he could have had her stoned. Again, not knowing who the father was, uh, who Mary had cheated with him with, uh, whose child it was. Again, Joseph Joseph knows, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that this is not his kid. Um, th- there might have been some suspicions uh, from others, but Joseph can say with certainty, yeah, didn't do that. <laughs> so, So something has happened here. Um, and, and I'm sure that he wrestled with it. It would have been only natural for any man finding that his betrothed wife has now been knocked up is, uh, I mean, he's, he's bummed out, he's upset and and rightfully so. And and I can, again, just kind of reading into the text a little, like I can, I can play out that scene in my mind, right. Where he gets together with Mary, like for the first time, you know, and she's crying and he's crying and he's ticked off and he's like, who's the guy I want to go rough him up. You know, this is ridiculous. Uh, I can imagine that there was a lot of choice words articulated. I I was holding myself uh, pure for you. I can't believe you would do this to me. Uh, Why? Uh, Was it that important? Why would you do this? You're ruining my life. Like, totally upset. And and then at some point in the conversation, he's like, what do you have to say for yourself? And imagine that moment, right? When, you know, he asked Mary, uh, Mary, why? What happened? Was I not good enough? And she's like, Joseph, Joe, I haven't done anything wrong. 
Like, this is not another man's baby. In fact, I'm actually still a virgin. This is God's son. Like, I mean, again, the idea of, 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 of that, you know, he, he thought about putting her away secretly. is kind of like, well, I can't have her ex because clearly she's crazy. Like she has lost it. Right. And so here she is, you know, trying to plead with Joseph not to overreact. You know, this is God's son. I'm still a virgin. I haven't broken any of my promises. And really it took, and this is where I see a lot of, of the grace of God. You know, God, God didn't just kind of sit back, blow a hole in the situation and then just leave it only to Mary to try to explain it. That it actually took Joseph receiving this angelic messenger, you know, confirming Mary's story, right? Again, just playing out the scene in my mind, I can see, you know, he wakes up and he runs over to Mary's house with, again, tears in his eyes, like, I believe you. Which leads me to Mary, because, I mean, Mary, you know, Protestants, I think, downplay the significance of Mary quite a bit. You know, Catholics, you know, they deify Mary. Catholics, uh, they're, the, you know, the perpetual virginity of Mary, again, is not a very biblical concept because she has other kids. Um, they they over-glorify Mary to the fact that they, they place her on a pedestal equal to Jesus. They pray to her. Uh, the Catholics go way overboard, but the Protestants, I think, in a, in a, in a reactionary uh, position, uh, downplay her. She is... Of all of the women to have ever lived, she was the one lady that God chose to be the mom of the Savior. Like, have you ever thought about that, Creighton? Just the significance, the power of that idea of uh, all women. Yeah, it's actually, I think the first time I thought about that was when I first found out that the Immaculate Conception is an idea that the Catholics have about Mary and not about Jesus. Like the idea that Mary was born sinless and then had a sinless baby, which I don't believe in. But that was the first time I ever thought about the fact that, yeah, it is actually crazy that there was a single woman who literally gave birth to the son of God. And her name is Mary and she's from the middle of nowhere. And, and was, and was chosen, you know, to be the mother of Jesus. You know, I, I, I won't read it for you, but if you want some insight into this woman, this very special woman, uh, in Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 46, you can read what's called the Song of Mary. Like, it begins, I'll just read a little bit of it. It begins, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And you go on it. And like, again, Mary... You know, historically, what do we figure? She was 12 to maybe 15? Creighton? I mean... Yeah, as far as I know, that's accurate, which is terrifying. She was, she was uneducated. She had very little theological exposure just because of the way that, that the synagogue was structured. She, like Joseph, is from this podunk town. Uh, she's a nobody. She's insignificant. But she was super important to God. And when you see just the manifestation of her heart from this understanding of, yeah, I, my life is, is about to completely change because of what's just happened. And yet the theology that comes out, the spiritual intuition that comes out, the perspective, what an incredible, incredible lady. Just one of the many characters of Christmas. Don't go anywhere. We'll wrap all this up. You're listening to the Outlaw Radio Show. Did you know beyond the unique content of the Outlaw Radio Show, Pastor Zach Adams also has an extensive teaching archive available online for free? If you love to study the Bible, we encourage you to check out c316.tv. Currently, Pastor Zach is teaching verse by verse through the Gospel of John, but c316.tv also has video, audio, and sermon notes for the Gospel of Mark, the book of Acts, Ephesians, Genesis, Philemon, Jonah, Philippians, as well as an in-depth study on the Olivet Discourse and Jesus' seven letters to the churches recorded in Revelation 3 and 4. 
with over 17,000 minutes of expositional Bible teaching and more than 2,775 pages of written sermon transcripts, C316.tv is a must visit for any serious student of the Bible. Welcome back to the Outlaw Radio Show. I'm talking about the characters of Christmas. This is Creighton, what, what are we calling it? The Christmas Special. The Christmas Special. Yes, this is the episode of the Outlaw Radio Show that we talk about Christmas. Um, I hope you've enjoyed what you've listened to thus far. Just sharing some, some random thoughts about this particular season. We talked a little bit about Joseph. Uh, what a guy. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he took it on the chin. Uh, it was a bit of a, the, the news that his, his betrothed wife was pregnant, was a shock to the system. Uh, and yet he recognized that God was doing something here. Uh, uh, an angel appearing to him helped that, uh, helped alleviate fear. Uh, Mary, what an amazing woman. Uh, to be the mother of Christ, to be chosen by God, uh, to, to, to birth the Messiah, the Savior, her Savior. Again, something that uh, traditionally within Jewish culture, every young maiden uh, prayed that they might be counted worthy. Mary was significant, powerful, radical. The faith, again, uh, the news that she had been chosen the news that, that Jesus was born inside of her, was, was growing inside of her, that, that she would be the mother of, of, of the Most High, that was, uh, it was going to change a lot of things. And yet she, she recognized that her life was so much better, even counting the cost. Again, Mary presents for us, I think, a really interesting picture of all of us, all of, all of those of us that have been born again, in, in the sense that, that Christ is now indwelling our hearts, our lives, Against in a similar way of Mary, it changes things. It changes our future, changes our destiny. It changes what's important. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Lots of cool characters in Christmas. It, you know, Christmas movies. There's no greater Christmas story than the original. The wise men from the east. That for no other reason than a star mapped out in the sky, settled in a certain place indicating that a king was being born, a savior. My opinion, um, instructions left by Daniel, the, the head of the Magi. These men coming with very interesting and particular gifts of Jesus' destiny. Odd gifts to give a child gold. Yes, he was a king. Frankincense and myrrh. Embalming fluid. The understanding that he was born to die. I teased in the first half of the show that of all the characters of Christmas... Uh, my favorite character, and, and very few people talk about this character, my favorite character happens to be an angel. A an angel. Most notably, when you read the Christmas story, we're told in Luke 2 that there were shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. That angel. Like, I want to just kind of, with the time we have left, um, unpack what that experience must have been like, working backwards a little bit. Like, this angel, uh, we know nothing about this angel. He's a messenger. Uh, sent by God with a particular declaration for a, a particular group of people. Um, again, I, I'm going to take a little license. I'm not sure the angel knew exactly who he would be sent to make this declaration to, but he knew his declaration would be that Jesus, the Savior, the promised Messiah, had been born on earth. God's gift had come. I can imagine that this angel being charged centuries in advance, knowing uh, that, that the day would come that his like that he would be on. You know, he practices his speech. He knows what he's going to deliver. He's he's confident of the message. He rehearses and he rehearses. And then the, the day finally comes. Heaven is is full of, of, of energy. There's an excitement. Jesus, this mission impossible, it's commenced. Jesus has been born. He's come to earth. Like, imagine, you know, this angel, you know, being radioed down, you know, from his superiors. Son, you're on. It's time. And so he gets there. He's center stage. 
the, 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 the curtain of heaven is, it's still closed. It's about to be pulled back. The spotlight is about to hit. Like, if you're that angel, you've got to be thinking, okay, th- this is imp- an important declaration. I mean, it's my job to herald, to announce to the world that their Savior has been born. I can imagine that in his mind, he's thinking, of course, the audience would have been the great theologians of the day, that the scene before him would, would likely be the temple. If not the temple, then maybe at least the seat of all power, Rome or the Colosseum, that the movers and the shakers, the most important people, those controlling uh, the, the power, it would be to those people that he would be making this, this important declaration. Or maybe the, the brightest, the, the intelligentsia of the day. Greece, the Parthenon. That he would tell the, the intellectuals, that he would make this announcement to them. Imagine the moment. And to me, and Creighton, you can kind of sense where I'm going with this, right? Oh, yeah. He's about to have a real big shock. A big shock. Like this, this grand awakening when the sky gets peeled back and he sees that his audience are shepherds. Like there are more sheep than people. They're shepherds in a field at night. Again, it's, it's basically a deserted hillside out in the country with shepherds. And again, I don't have, I don't have a lot of time to kind of unpack shepherds, but, but we've, kind of a, we've glorified them as well just in our, in our culture. But the shepherds were like land pirates. Like no one, no one dreamed of their, of their son growing up to be a shepherd. Uh, they were the rejects of society. Uh, they, were, they were like when shepherds came to town, the kids scurried off the streets. Men uh, locked up the doors. Businesses closed down. Like they were known to be drunkards, outlaws. And so this angel, boom, who's the, who does God determine to receive the first word of the greatest news to have ever been delivered onto planet Earth? It's not the powerful. It's not the super religious or the, the intellectuals, it was sinners. It was the most sinful people among us. The down and outers, the outcasts, the outlaws. And this angel, man, he's unfazed. I, I think in probably the moment, again, I'm reading into the text, that, that he, he looked. There's probably a shock, right? There was a shock. He clears his throat. And in his mind, he's like, that's just like God, isn't it? That's just like the God I know that it would be to these people that such great news would be delivered. Christmas, there is a reason for the season. And that is to take a moment, recognize, reflect, and remember that God gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Don't allow the craziness of this season to rob you of a moment to consider the greatest gift that's ever been given. Well, you've been listening to the Outlaw Radio Show. Creighton, thank you so much for joining me, for making everything kind of happen on the back end. Our producer, thank you. It is always a pleasure. I hope you all have a wonderful day and a Merry Christmas. A Merry, Merry Christmas. If you liked what you heard, I encourage you to contact your local Christian radio station. Thank them that they're carrying this type of programming in your community. If you're listening on the radio or, let's say, on our podcast, our podcast is on Apple, Google, Spotify, take a second, check out outlawradio.live and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock, we live stream the recording of the show. We love to hear from our audience. We love questions and feedback, testimonials, critiques. The more the merrier. To access all of our contact information, go to our website, which is outlawradio.org. Email, Facebook, Twitter, again, outlawradio.org. As always, many props to DJ Dust for the incredible music that's included on our show. As always, Mr. Josh Brown, the other voice you hear, his incredible staff over his productions. We're so grateful for them. Once again, my name is Zach Adams, and I hope you join me again this time next week for more of the Outlaw Radio Show. You 
You've been listening to the one and only Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. As mentioned, if you like what you heard, be sure to connect with us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter or check out our website by visiting outlawradio.org. To listen again to today's show, access our daily two-minute broadcast or full-length episodes, check out the Outlaw Radio podcast, available on both iTunes and Google Play. Once again, don't forget, we want to hear from you. If you have questions, want to challenge something that was said, or would like to submit topics you'd like to hear Zach discuss on air, you can either email us at info at outlawradio.org, or you can leave a voicemail at 678-883-3316. Finally, programs like Outlaw Radio are wonderful tools God can use to change lives. But as with any ministry, there are expenses involved. First, if you're not tithing to your local church, you need to do so. And yet, if God has laid it upon your heart to extend your generosity above and beyond your tithe, we'd ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Outlaw Radio. Every donation ensures this show remains on your local station. To learn how you can become a financial partner, please visit outlawradio.org. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We hope you join us again next week for the Outlaw Radio Show with Zach Adams. Outlaw Radio is a ministry of Calvary 316 in partnership with his productions.